Hey friend, Melissa Hinault here with the Burnout to All Out podcast. I'm a former multiple six-figure executive corporate burnout, feeling stuck in the life I built for myself. But using my corporate skills, I took to the internet and have built multiple six and seven-figure businesses, showing others how they can build a life they love. Now on this podcast, I share stories of being an entrepreneur, a mom to my three amazing kids, and wife to my wonderful and supportive husband who supports all my wild and crazy dreams. My journey is taking grit and persistence and belief. And believe me, I'm still a work in progress that you may witness in real time. Whether it's in our free burnout to all out Facebook community, or inside my mastermind, or even in my coaching programs, or maybe just right here on the podcast. I'm laughing and I'm crying with you. I've become a serial entrepreneur with a passion to inspire more burnouts, to take the leap of faith and go all out and live out their dreams. Consider me your mentor in your head and on the go. So let's get started. We are here today. I am so excited for my guest, Susan Gaddy. Welcome to the Burnout to All Out show today. Hey, everyone. This is going to be a fun interview. We were um, having a little chat on the back end about a pretty comical post I made the other day. And we'll, we'll, maybe we'll get into it in a little we'll bit. Into that. Yeah. But let me start with Susan's bio really quick, just so you guys know who we're listening to. And those of you who are listening live, you can you know chat your questions over in the side as we're going, if there's things you want to ask Susan as we get through kind of the interview. But Susan is a leading voice for the disruption of traditional training methods that don't fill the performance gap. Her company, is it Imix ID? It is, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Imix ID Consulting is an agency that provides training solutions that solve complex business problems and generate real results across sectors, industries, and some of the most recognized brands in the world. Susan is the founder of Disruptive Spark Formula. Ooh, I have to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, The only training strategy on the planet designed to fill the performance gap, the space between knowing and taking consistent action to achieve goals. Um, Susan's work with consultants, innovators, and thought leaders in their fields to design group training experiences that scale their businesses and increase their impact on the world. So excited to have you here today, Susan. I'm so excited to be here. And I love hearing that bio because here's the truth. Like, I'll just jump right into the story. I was a fifth grade school teacher like a million years ago, right? So like if anyone has no business being in the entrepreneurial world, it's pretty much me. And, you know, I know that you you wanted to hear a little bit about, you know, like the story. and And I think it just meshes it right into everything. It's like, you know, you don't actually know where you're supposed to be until much later in the journey. Mm. Right. Like you're always every single day, just like either open, right. We call it above the line or below the line when Mm -hmm. it comes to your own, you know, internal thought process. Mm -hmm. And you're either open to explore what's coming your way or you're not. And you don't always have the luxury of where is this actually taking me until years later, sometimes when you're reflecting on, on the story. So Tell me where you want me to head with that, but I'm happy to just tell you the story. Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh. And so true. I I Mm. was just having a conversation with one of my clients about this today that many times when you're in the thick of it, you're just not sure why 
like why this experience is going on. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it's weeks, sometimes it's months, sometimes it's years. You look back and you're like, oh, this is why yeah. this happened, right? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So I would love to hear your journey. Let's start with really your journey into entrepreneurship, maybe from that W-2 working in the school system, like, yeah. you know, we talk about people being risk adverse to really stepping out and betting on themselves and their instincts and, and gut and intuition of their, like honing in on their zone of genius. Well, take us back to when you were still a teacher, maybe you knew you were made for more or where, like what drove you to get into this space that you're in today? Because obviously it doesn't happen overnight. I was going to say, yeah, this, this space where I am right now is about 20 years in the making. So um, I'll give you the cliff notes, but I was a school teacher. Like I knew I love training. Training is still, you know, in my system. I didn't necessarily love being in the classroom. I, it was a little too restrictive for me. Quite frankly, I probably would have never left but I got married and I was moving an hour away from my school district. And so again, like that's what I'm talking, like, doors open, do you step through them? And mm -hmm. I stepped through it. And I said, while um, I'm out, right, they told me I was crazy. First of all, back in those days, I was over 20 years ago, no one left education. They do a lot more now. Back then, literally, my superintendent was like, you're out of your mind. You just got tenure. Like, and I was like, I don't care. You know, I don't care. That was like the first time I bet on myself. And mm -hmm. I, I tossed it all. I had no job. And I ended up getting into quite learning element, which I spent a good 10, 12 years there. And I worked my way up. I was the head of um, Ann Taylor's corporate university. I worked for big banks, hotels. And I would have told you that I would have like retired from some corporation, you know, however many years later. And the next opportunity presented itself. Now, at the time, I wouldn't have told you it was an opportunity. I got laid off. Mm -hmm. So I was, it was 2008 and like the last big crisis. And I was on maternity leave, I was laid off, and I had no job. And I would have told you that that was the worst thing that, you know, ever, ever happened to me. Now I would tell you it was the best thing, right, that ever happened for me. But it didn't, it wasn't like a logical step to where I am today. So that was 2008. I've owned a business since then. But for probably a good eight or nine years, I would have told you I wasn't the accidental entrepreneur and mm -hmm. I was a really good extra set of hands. Mm -hmm. And at the time I had my kids, I had another child, they were young, like it, it didn't matter to me. It was really all that I needed. But ultimately, as my kids got a little bit older, my business started to get get you know a little bit better I started to get you know make more money and I had a I had a, like a moment with a friend of mine I think you'll love this conversation too because again it's like it's like you don't realize you were actually supposed to be there so I because I, I had this operating system that it was an accident I was here it wasn't on purpose it wasn't by design it wasn't the thing that I was meant to build mm -hmm. it was an accident right and mm -hmm. I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs there was no background or connection for me to like realize that this is this is the thing and so I kept applying for senior level corporate training positions and we'd get like to the end of the interview and they and I'd say well now mind you I'd been home now for like nine years like in my own schedule and they would say I'd say well you know my son gets off the bus at three o'clock can I be home for that and they were like no no <laughs> <laughs> and I was like 
then I can't work for you. Like I right. to, like so many, I kept thinking this is, this was where I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And you know, the universe kept telling me it's not. And finally, you know, a good friend of mine said this, and I, I think about this all the time. She, she literally said to me, stop applying for jobs. The universe, you're confusing them. They don't know what to bring you. Do you want to be a corporate employee or do you want to be a business owner? Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to be a business owner. And that was the switch. And from that day forward, I stopped calling myself the accidental entrepreneur Mm. And I start, I gave myself the title of CEO, mm-hmm. which brought a whole new, <laughs> right? New level, right? New level, same devil. It brought a whole new set of strategies. But, you know, ultimately, I think the big takeaway around this story is how, what you think of yourself, what you believe is possible for you, you know, what, what, you know, where you think you're supposed to be as opposed to just being a little bit more open and receptive to like the nudges and the things that are coming your way. It's so easy for me to sit now and say, that was the best thing that ever happened to me getting laid off. Right. That was the best. And you know, this was the best thing. And that was the best because all those things led to here Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. being able to say all the things that you said about me. And I know that there's even much more to come from that, Mm -hmm. but it's always the shift in you first that pulls the business, you know, along behind you. So, oh my gosh, right? So true. I mean, what you just said about the shift in you that pulls the business, it's funny. My audience kind of knows, people who follow me enough know my story of just the first business coach I ever invested in. I thought I was getting a business coach and within, you know, moments, it was all about mindset and really changing, you know, and reframing where my mind was today and what I truly thought I was capable of. And so it's funny because we talk about that a lot. That yeah, so, so good. You had a really good one because it's always mindset before mechanics. Like you, you have to expand yourself. I love to use the word, your audacity to believe. So mm. your belief about what you can have, what you can do, what's for you has to grow so much bigger. Mm-hmm. So there's space, right? Mm-hmm. To, to like, to move up behind it. And if you're not getting that in your programs, you're really fighting an uphill battle. You're really just fighting an internal struggle. Cause unless you believe it's for you, unless you allow it to happen for you, you know, then you're constantly almost like, pushing away the mm-hmm. the level of success that that you could have. Totally. Because you don't think it's even available for you to go Correct. after, right? Correct. Oh my gosh. I just did a little story in Insta stories this morning talking about this. I am obsessed with being the dumbest person and brokest person in the room. And I just like, I, I love just, that. Right. I'm starting mm-hmm. a brand new mastermind today that I paid a fortune for. And the mastermind that I started last year, I felt like I paid a fortune for. And it's like every year that I feel like I'm at my ceiling, it's time to make that, that ceiling the floor. Right. Like, and so yep. where I was going with that is just that, you know, and I'm sure you believe in this too. It's part of it is who you surround yourself with. Um, inspire. It can either intimidate you or it can inspire you. Right. And I choose to be inspired and I invest to be at the table with people who are inspiring me to believe in a future version of myself that doesn't even exist today. Yeah. Such a thing. Like there's so much value to being, you know, I, I I love your, your word, like the dumbest, brokest person in the room. Like, Mm -hmm. you, you know, because 
you have to expand first mm-hmm. and even understand like what is possible, right? Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing, like, again, it all comes from your own, you know, systems. Mm-hmm. But when you see other people meeting with success, when you live life from an abundance place, Mm -hmm. it means that that success that is available to you, when you live life, and and believe it or not, the majority of the world actually lives life from a place of scarcity. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you, I'll give you a couple of, you know, people to follow, a couple of your people to follow that really get into the, the core of this. But when you operate from a place of scarcity, right, then there's not enough. Mm -hmm. So if you have success, I can't. Right. And that, I think, we were having like a conversation earlier is rampant in the world and it reveals itself, especially in the entrepreneurial world Mm -hmm. or even like celebrities, like, you know, we want to put them on a pedestal and believe that they're, they are like, you know, not human for -hmm. what they've accomplished, but they, they, they are, they're just us. They just didn't stop. Yes. People, you know, succeed or fail based on their view of it and whether or not they're willing to keep going. It's like sort of the whole basis behind, you know, the training strategy. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. I'll tell you, it's like, I can't. So again, like training is not new to me. I've been running training forever. I was like the top consultant at Clarity. Like I said, I've, I've worked with probably every major brand you can think of. And I would have told you that I created the best training programs on the planet. And then I hired my first coach and she showed up with nothing more than like a video of her talking, right? There was nothing structurally sound about anything she provided me, but she blew up my world. And (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, none of, and I left that experience saying I've made, you know, a hundred percent you know, profit in my business because of this. I sleep at night. Like when I first started calling myself a CEO, I did not have the the mental schematic for that. I considered Mm -hmm. myself to be a fake and a phony. And I spent all day long, you know, pasting this image of myself that I wanted to be, but Mm -hmm. didn't feel like I was. So there were so many things getting in the way and she just cleared all of that. And it was life-changing. And I looked at my programs that I thought were the most amazing thing that I ever created. And I'm like, not a single one of my world-class <laughs> programs have ever accomplished this. Wow. And that's how like we got to the disruptive spark because knowledge and information and expansion are amazing, mm-hmm. right? But the purpose of like masterminds and things like this is that you know, we say you're one resource, one person, and one skill away from anything you want in life. Yes. Yes. Every For everybody. Yes. And your willingness to step through that door, to ask for that, and to allow it to come to you is ultimately what creates, you know, success for people. And so being in that room is, you know, the thing that gives you that, or as you said, when you're not operating from a place of abundance, it becomes the thing that completely shuts you down. Yes. Yes. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. So true. And it's so true. I remember when I first launched my very first um, business with my LinkedIn coaching, I remember I was um, some some girls that I was friends with who were trying to do something fairly similar. 
within a couple of months of my business, just like wildly taking off, they were like, what do you think was the contributing factor? I had invested in a business coach and I had invested in a mastermind. Mm -hmm. And they said, do you think that had anything to do with it? And I was like, it had fucking everything to do with it. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because like you said, You were just, I was one degree from someone who needed a service I could provide. And all these women were running podcasts. My mentor had a huge brand. She got me on her podcast. All of a sudden, like I started to be seen and I was being connected with the right people and getting the right support. So speaking of support, I love what you say about the accidental entrepreneur to CEO. Mm-hmm. And so for those that are kind of, you know, solopreneuring it right now, or are in the throes of their first year or two of, of launching and kind of in this progression of realizing they need to hire, they need to take responsibility of their books. Like, what can you speak to as far as that transition of being the accidental entrepreneur and really stepping into becoming a CEO of your business? So I I guess the best way to say it is that I didn't really have a view, an internal view of myself as someone who could be a CEO. Mm -hmm. So we always talk about things from a programming standpoint in two ways. Are you becoming that Mm -hmm. or are you, you know, acting as that? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of us act as if, right? but we haven't become it yet, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So there is this huge disconnect between what you cognitively believe you can do, mm-hmm. but what you unconsciously believe is possible for mm-hmm. you. And whenever mm-hmm. there's a disconnect there, the unconscious will always win out because that's mm-hmm. the default programming. Mm. And so it requires, and, and I'll tell you how it shows up. And I, I, I heard you say this too, which is always funny. It's always money. Mm-hmm. I believe that money, especially in the entrepreneur world, is sort of the telltale sign of how much you believe in you. Mm-hmm. Because making investments at any price point, right, is an investment in you. It's faith. It's belief that I am so worth it. My idea mm-hmm. is so worth it. My future self is so worth it. My, mm-hmm. you know, my everything is so worth it that I'm willing to put hard earned cash on the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the first coach that I ever worked with, it took me, like, it took me, I don't know, God bless her. She, she's like in my heart forever because I couldn't pull the trigger. I couldn't, I was I was so, and I didn't even know this to be true, by the way. And I had a master's in counseling psychology. I want to add that out. I was like trained in this to understand subconscious psyche things, but yet I couldn't make this investment in myself. Like I couldn't Mm. bring myself to pull that first trigger and spend that money. And what's funny now is that like, you know, the money is irrelevant at this point. You know, the money is irrelevant if I believe in me and this idea and I need, you know, I need the right person. I need to be in the right room. I need to be. um, And as I find that I'm going to spend that money all day long. But money is a a great way to like all you have to do to uncover your limits is (laughs) I I think the same way with skiing. Right. So we're skiers. I'm not super great, ski, but I love it. But like whenever you get to a hill and you literally can't go down it, you've got a block like 
limited. Like whenever you write yeah. a number down, if you write it, if you write your income down right now and you double it and then double it and keep doubling it until you're like, I could never make that. That's your block. So like you can't, so money is like such an easy way to, to like judge that for yourself. Yeah. And then you got to do the work to figure right. out why, why is that true? Right. right. Why is that true? Why is that true? How do I figure that out? I love that. And it's so, it's so, so true. It's so, so true. I'll say this, just kind of piggyback on that is that what I've realized, especially in like newer entrepreneurship is that the newer entrepreneurs don't really see investing in themselves as part of investing in their business, right? Like, but what I've realized is it's the nine to fiver, it's the employee who believes that investment in knowledge ended with their degree, right? Like if you're going to be working a nine to five and you've got this like terminal degree or whatever, like that's the last time we paid to learn. But I feel like as growing entrepreneurs and business owners, we have to constantly be investing in ourselves, right? Like education never stops. Right. And, and it's, it's the fulcrum, right? So like, um, when you're, when you are employed by someone else, there's not a necessity First of all, there's no training that you're getting in your company that you would spend $20,000 on, period, end of story. That's one of the first things I work with with my corporate corporate clients is what do you have to say, what do you have to do, what do you have to know, what do you have to provide that an internal employee would be willing to plunk down $20,000 of their own money because they know what you're going to give them is so freaking valuable that it's going to skyrocket their income. It's going to skyrocket their impact. It's going to get them the next promotion. We don't have to think that way in the corporate world. We have the fulcrum of you have to, right? So (laughs) you have to show up. So we don't have willing participants. They don't care if they're there. They don't believe that you're giving them any value. Like those are all the things we deal with over there. Mm -hmm. When we work with entrepreneurs who are creating training programs, those are questions you simply can't not solve. So nobody is spending even $7, right? The the amount of money is almost irrelevant if they don't understand how it is solving their problem Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because the ones that are willing to pay, right, know that they can't get what they need unless this problem is solved. And let's be honest, if they could solve it themselves, they already would have. Exactly. So they are looking for you. Like those of you in the consulting roles, coaching fields, your people are, are out there actively in pain, desperate for you to figure out what their problem is um, and solve it Mm, and solve it. And so um, I'm not sure if I got off topic. No, that was good. But like, if you're making an investment with your money, it better be solving a problem you can't solve for yourself. Totally. Yeah. Yep. yep. And if you're creating a program, then it doesn't matter what you're offering. What matters is you can connect with someone and have them understand that they get what your problem is and that you do have the solution. So a lot of times I feel like, especially in the, like the training world, or if you're, you're creating a training, even if you're creating a lead magnet, even if you're creating like an, an email sequence, it's all the same thing. Nobody cares. Remember that what you think or what you say or what you do, 
all they care about is, is this person going to help me? Me. Right. Yeah. And not even in a, like a bit, like a, like a, a condescending way. It's just how we filter information mm-hmm. until it speaks. Right. So one of the things that I think newer entrepreneurs, I'm sure you teach this as well, is that, you know, they want to talk all about their solution. <laughs> You can't do that to meet people. You can mm-hmm. only talk about what is the problem. Right. Oh my right. gosh, you're speaking yeah. to my soul. Are you looking for 360 degree support in launching your online business? It is a confusing space if you're new to the industry or even if you've been around for a while. Maybe you're looking to elevate your inner circle in the process, elevating your income. You just might be the perfect candidate for our burnout to all out mastermind. Take a listen to some of our clients who are in the program now. And if it piques your curiosity, head over to our burnout to all out.co website and register for our masterclass today. We'll be spending three days unpacking the most important aspects of online business from the front end on sales and marketing and your personal brand to the back end of operations and technology to be seen and heard online all the way to the financial aspects of what it takes to get started and delegate in this industry. You do not want to miss this upcoming masterclass. I'm giving all the goods for free. Join us today. Hello, my name is Michelle Foster and I am in the mastermind and absolutely want to share with you how my identity has changed because of making the decision to join this mastermind. I now have a system within my social selling business that allows me to go up against anyone and say, I believe in my company, I love my products, but I got it. I've got a system for you where I can help you go be great. And the support and the knowledge and the up-leveling that the mastermind has given me is really priceless because what was my ceiling is now my floor. And I am on fire and I wish for every one of you to feel that same energy. It's so good. I was just talking about this a couple of weeks ago and I'll be talking it again in my masterclass in a couple of weeks. And that is that people buy the perception that you understand their problem and that you have the solution to it, but they buy that you, they buy the perception that you understand their problem, right? Like we talk about that a lot Mm -hmm. that's what they're investing in. Um, Well, it's funny because, you know, coming from like a very long corporate history of, you know, creating programs, I often say to myself, I feel I, I would go back and rewrite every single course description and, and rename every single class I ever designed because every single one of them spoke to the solution when most people don't even know that that's the problem. Yes. They don't have they don't have words for what they're struggling with. Honestly, if they did, they would just be out solving it. So right. like my original coach, I always think about her because I wouldn't have told you, like I could have never told you, here are my symptoms. I can't sleep at night. I, I, I'm up all night long worrying about where my next client is coming from. I have to get up in the morning and literally like stuff myself into my suit and pretend like I am this confident business person and I feel like anything but, right? Like there was nothing in me that was saying I was an abundance 
for, you know, uh, you know, people that are out there talking about their abundance and this and that, like, no, no. Like, you know, my coach was saying, do you feel like your progress keeps stopping and starting? Yes. Doesn't, right? do, do you wish you could sleep at night without having to worry about where your next client is coming from? Yes. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. She wasn't a business coach. She didn't teach me business strategy. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even ready for that. I ended up hiring, like, I just needed to be someone who believed <laughs> that they could run a million dollar company because I didn't believe that. Mm -hmm. And once I did, then I could get the skills and the strategy and the tactics and everything to, to, to push myself, you know, forward. Right. Oh my gosh. Such goodness. It all, it really does all come down to mindset and what you truly believe you're, you're capable of. Right. Yeah. Well, with that, one of the things that I was looking at in your bio, that's a, a really great thing. We have a lot of folks in my program who are building their own services, products, agencies. And I see that you can speak to how you can scale an agency with a training program. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yes. Because and I do think that can provide a lot of value with these guys. Yes. So again, like if I tell you my progression, so I started out as like um, an instructional designer and I just basically took projects, right? Just was an extra set of hands, basically took projects. I grew that as far as I could, but at some point, like I didn't even like the projects I was creating anymore because I didn't really believe in their value. And I couldn't, I wasn't coming in at a high enough level to influence the people making decisions. So, um, and the other problem is when you're the, just working on one client to one client and you're working the one client, you max out on time. Mm -hmm. So I really only could take one or two clients at a time before I was working seven days a week, you know, all night long. And what's been fun is that I've been able to elevate my role from instructional designer, basically the chief learning officer. I come in and do the strategy. I now have the team that does all the implementation. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of blown the doors open on the agency side to free up even more time for me to then take what we did successfully over there and transfer it to a different audience. Mm. So that's so corporate side is really B2B. It's really working with, you know, chief people officers generally tend to be the ones who hire me, but there's so much value in helping fellow consultants, thought leaders, coaches who have already created that one-to-one -one consulting practice to pick a segment of their client population that they want to serve and create a training program that can serve multiple people at the same time. Mm -hmm. And we help people do that in all sorts of ways, you know, from, from basic, like, and it depends, like it really depends on your market, what, what mm -hmm. they're, what they're willing to do. You know, we find if, if your people tend to be a little bit more of like, so in my work, most CEOs don't want to learn how to do what I do. I tried to sell that for a long time. Didn't really mm -hmm. go well. Mm -hmm. They don't want to learn. They 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 want to just hire me to do it. Right. <laughs> so like I, my offer was all wrong. So I spent a couple of years like trying to figure that out. My offer was was all wrong. But what they do enjoy a lot of times, like the offer over there is sometimes a mini series. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So instead mm-hmm. of a 12-month cohort-type program, you know, the repeatable offer that brings new clients into the, that I can then ascend into to one-to-one work are sometimes mm-hmm. the smaller offers. So yeah. like we say there's really three different offers you can be thinking about. There is like the I think what most people think about is that kind of middle of the road flagship that mm-hmm. tends to be a little bit longer of a program, six, nine, 12 months where you, you're, you know, you're serving as many people as you want to serve. I know you have something, you know, very similar to that. It's really effective, especially if your audience is willing to do like trade time for money. Right. So mm-hmm. like they don't have the money to hire you one-to-one, but they can get mm-hmm. you and your team, you know, it works, works exceptionally well, but you know, where I think people miss opportunities is that they don't add the ascension. And mm-hmm. that could be like, so a lot of coaches, I'll, I'll do this with a lot of coaches. So you might not want to give up your one-to-one practice. I like my one-to-ones, mm-hmm. but again, I'm maxed out on time. So can I put them in a mastermind group where mm-hmm. now they're getting a different level of service, mm-hmm. right? Like, and you're adding like income streams or you go the other way. So like an Ascension program is what can I sell or give or offer as a service already mm-hmm. to the people that know and love me and have spent money with me? Cause that's, that's a place people leave money on the table all the time, <laughs> all the time. And quite frankly, it's the easiest sale in your business. The first mm-hmm. sale is always the hardest sale, but people that know and love you are more likely to, you know, repurchase things for you if you offer it. Right. So it's always the offer, right? So, right. You, you know, you can do an offer for that, for that group. You can go the other way and use training as a way to connect with even more people that mm-hmm. you pull into privates or you pull in, you know, to a group, but we have, we teach actually, this might be really good for your audience, but we do teach them a very simple strategy called the calling card. So it's like, how do you take the 15 minutes of your genius that solves that one? Like I always think of like the lion with this, with his thorn in his paw. And if you could just pull that paw out, they would like love you forever. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's so, so simple. We almost always like miss it because we think it's so ridiculously simple that no one would ever buy it. And they do all day long. You can sell it. You can offer it for free. You know, you can put it on an automated drip. There's a million ways to do it. There's no right or wrong way, but it connects you to an entirely different population of people that now know and love you Mm. that you can ascend into other programs. So training like across the board, you know, once you have tried and true processes that work is the easiest win in your business. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So this is all really relevant. If you don't mind, I'd love to kind of, for my audience, who's a part of my program, Mm -hmm. a lot, we can use this as an example of what this could look like and how you guys can build out your own. So many people who are even in my academy or in my mastermind came in because I have a free 30 minute checklist on how to crush LinkedIn for 30 minutes a day, right? Yes. Everybody just wants like some simplicity in the chaos, right? And so we put Mm -hmm. that out there to the universe everywhere on ads and Facebook groups. Like whenever I speak, people can opt into it. So you get people's email addresses from like you said, Susan, like all walks of life, like Mm -hmm. you've really spread yourself out. And then we have our flagship LinkedIn Academy, which to your point is for more of the mid to entry level entrepreneur who 
has more time than money, right? And wants to learn the strategy themselves. Mm -hmm. But what we learned in our first year was we had some really successful seven and eight figure earners who wanted to tap into LinkedIn, but they're like, I ain't got time to learn it. Can you guys not do it for me? And we were like, Okay, done for you service. Yeah, yes. sure yeah. we can. It'll be $20,000, you know, and they're like, and they're you thrilled go. to pay it. They're right. thrilled to pay Happy it. to pay it. Mm -hmm. Right. But to your point, then it can reverse market because some of our top clients have these huge businesses who lead other business owners who then will invest in our academy because they're not at that tippity top tier that the lead was that we did the done for you with, right? So it's like yeah. the self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, and yeah. that's totally different than our escalation program for our mastermind, which is just our clients who are getting wild success on LinkedIn, their businesses are booming. And they're like, now what I bit off more than I could chew. How do I manage this? Right. Mm -hmm. But to your point, the escalation program was built by asking our audience, our current paying customers, what would what you, you want more of if you, because no one wanted to leave, right? They're like, where do we go after this? And it's like, well, what do you need more of? And they're like, well, we want to see the back end of your business. We want to see how you're doing things operationally. We want to see how you're marketing, all those things, right? Yep. So I love everything you just said, because we've kind of lived that out over the past two years. It's just kind of come to fruition. So I love for you, you guys who are listening, if you've got this flagship program, like thinking about how do you retain and keep your customers. I think that's a really, really critical point that you're you're putting out there versus handing them over to someone else, right? When they're done with you. Yeah. And, and you know, like, yes. So, and, and for those of you that are like, I can't build another program, right? Right. Then how do you create a partnership with mm -hmm. the person that you trust the most with your customers? Mm -hmm. So I do that as well. There's certain things. So like I try and, and stay very true to who I am. So like I'm a training strategist. I'm like, how can we make you the most money, serve the most clients and keep you out of overwhelm, right? And in the lifestyle that you want with your genius, like that's my role. Mm -hmm. I'm not a business coach. So mm -hmm. I know a lot about business. We use a lot of business strategy, but I'm not going to be the one that helps you with your sales strategy and your marketing strategy and all those other things. But I've built relationships with people that do that exceptionally well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I refer business and I earn income that way. Right. Yep. Yes. So I earn income that way. Mm -hmm. You know, for some of my work, it's not even, you know, depending, like I was just, if there, do you have attorneys in your audience? Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. For sure. So I was just meeting with a, an attorney that I'm, you know, very good friends with. He's trying to get a group program off the ground and he like is struggling so much with it. And it's like, well, because nobody wants to become an attorney, like they have to want to become what you are. If you're going to create a flagship program for that mm -hmm. group, mm -hmm. I was like, so entrepreneurs don't want to become attorneys they need an attorney, right, to solve very specific problems. Right. So create smaller programs that solve very specific problems that you can sell over and over and over again yes. and charge more for your one-to-one -one services. Yes. Right? So like, yeah. but then here's where it got interesting. I was like, but if you want to go after the attorney population because you think the way you do law is, is the way other people would want to do law, then there's your client. So there's so many different ways, right, to figure out how to slice and dice 
you know, your genius to mm-hmm. serve people in, in other ways. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I so, love the partnerships, right? The partnerships um, are key. Mm-hmm, the partnerships mm-hmm. are key because, you know, to your point, um, the bigger your business gets, the more complex, the more level of people, the more, you know, Melissa and I were having this conversation earlier, like the more visible you become. And the, and you know, the truth about success is, is a pretty dark and ugly space. I don't think, you know, especially in the online world, we don't have enough conversation about this. I think people are so blindsided when it happens to them, but Mm -hmm. you know, there's many people out there that, you know, are living below the line. And so when they see you shining, man, does it trigger the heck out of them? Mm -hmm. And it's vicious. Yes. Oh my gosh. We were talking about this before we popped on for any of you guys who follow me on, on Facebook. And if you don't, you're going to go look at it now. I made a post a couple of weeks ago, literally with me giving the middle finger out to these really um, just mean, mean people who are so scarce minded that are just busy trying to tear me down instead of staying in their own swim lane and focusing on building their own businesses, you know? And by the way, don't you just feel like saying, why don't you call me and ask me what I've done? Cause I'd be thrilled to share it with you. Like that's the, that's the other thing, right? Like successful people are almost always more likely to pull down and pulse and reach down because somebody most likely did the same for you. So what people don't understand, right, is that if all you had to do was say, how'd you do it? Yep. And and you could be, remember your one idea, one resource, one, just one little nugget away from like finishing your Rubik's cube Mm -hmm. and getting, getting yourself off to the races and they, they, they won't walk through that door. No, you're right. And Mm -hmm. there's so much inner work that needs to be done for those people, right? And so I've grown a lot myself over the last two years. And it's, it's been an interesting journey, but I've come to a place where I truly and authentically am no longer like, it doesn't, doesn't make me mad more than it makes me sad for people that have to live that way, right? And knowing that if they could channel that energy um, in a more positive light, they would be so much more successful. But then also just knowing that whatever's going on with them inside of them, that they don't feel like they have control. So they're trying to control their external world the way that they can and they know how to, you know? Yeah. And that's such a beautiful representation of grace and compassion. Probably mm-hmm. another reason that you're super successful in your work. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to be a coach, if you're going to be a trainer, if you're going to be an advisor, Listen, you are going to be privy to people in their worst, right? Mm-hmm. At their lowest, at their mm-hmm. least amount of belief. Mm-hmm. And they they fully need to embrace that you are there to like be that safe space and want mm-hmm. the best for them and be willing to, you know, walk with them mm-hmm. in the in the tough moments that, mm-hmm. you know, get them, you know, over over those humps that they need to get over. I mean, that's part of what makes program owners extremely successful is the Mm -hmm. level of grace and compassion Mm -hmm. that they've cultivated, you know, for other, for other people. Mm. Oh, I love that. Remember it's never the information, right? They're they're, there. You're giving them information and that's all well and good, Mm -hmm. but 
the results always come from a person's willingness mm -hmm. to take repeated imperfect action, which requires yes. you to do things you've never done before, mm -hmm. right? To be uncomfortable, to stretch beyond. And, you know, it's, it's the programs, it's the coaches, it's the advisors that get really good at spotting. This is what we've been teaching. This is our latest round of content, like in the disruptive spark, like we're teaching people how to become really good advisors because there are very predictable patterns of human behavior that mm. happen to every single person as they expand and wow. every, every single one of them. And there's really only five basic ones you need to know. Mm -hmm. The problem is, again, remember, most people are not going to ask. So you have to get really good at spotting the signals so that you can pave the way and help them to get to the result that they want. Otherwise, they drop out, they disengage, they ask for their money back. Like we see a lot of people end up coming to me when they've built the program and they realize that they don't have great testimonials and there's no like there's no renewals or I've had a rash of people requesting money back. Like these are all things that happen when people you know didn't get the result that they were hoping for. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, you didn't do a good enough job of understanding what was happening. Mm. So that's mm. a big barrier that we're trying to solve in both the corporate world as well mm. as here in the entrepreneurial world. Because, you know, I always put it like this way, right? It's results equals revenue, right? Yes. Results equals referrals equals revenue. And I even think, Melissa, it's in your bio, like you have a program that sells itself. Right. Because people are singing your praises right. because you've gotten them the result they wanted. Right. Oh my you gosh. Know. It's so true. I'm so glad you said that, but it is, it's true. Like I tell people during our launches all the time, look, I can just sell you this course. You could, you could just, we could just package it on demand and sell it for like a hundred bucks. The problem is there's no transformation Correct. Um, yeah. and there's no one there to hold you accountable and to move you along when you have those wall kicking moments. It's the weekly coaching. It's the feedback. It's yep. the live audits. It's the, but to your point, the reason we do all of that is because of the feedback along the way of like, how can we serve our clients better? How can we keep moving them along? Like when our clients start to get quiet, my team checks in on them and pulls yes. them back in, right? Because there is no better way to sell a program than through your clients who are crushing it because your program works. You, you, I will take that over Facebook ad money any day of the week. Any day right? of the week. Yes. <laughs> any day of the week. And we know, and we know statistics, you know, prove, you know, a, a client that comes to you from a referral as opposed to cold traffic will close quicker. We'll close, Much higher close phone rate. calls, right? Yeah. We'll close those all day long. Um, yeah. The newer people, you've got to do a lot of extra work to get mm -hmm. them even to a place where it's a possibility. So mm -hmm. that's such a huge thing. And I want to share something else that I think most people don't know because this is like my pet peeve, like coming from like a training perspective, the whole world is out there buying Kajabi and think of it, which there's nothing wrong with that. There's they're phenomenal containers. They make life easy, but there's a belief that if I take everything I know and I throw it in recorded videos and I put it up on Kajabi, that it's going to sell like hotcakes, right? And it's going to get people big results. Do you know what the industry average is on completion rates when there's on, on a completely just like self-guided with no like so human low. intervention. Would you like to know the numbers? It, it's got to be ridiculously low. Go ahead and tell me. It's 
Yeah. See, and that's I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I am not. You know, what's funny. Okay. Two things on that. Number one, we recently had a client come in who had invested in another LinkedIn training. I will not like, I'm not going to say who they were, or what they were, but she was like, Oh my gosh, I've gotten so much traction and so many leads. And I've already closed a client with your program. I've learned so much. And I'm like, well, what was different? Didn't you just invest in this other thing? And she said, well, it was just modules and I never really got around to it. She was like, but with you guys, like there's milestones and we can't move forward until we get audits on our work. It was, it's totally the accountability. Like we, as success, even as successful entrepreneurs, like they need to be held accountable yeah. in order to, to, to get the results. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. And here's the thing, like, you know, we are pulled and stretched, especially as CEOs, especially as entrepreneurs in so many different directions. Something always has to give period. Something always has to slide and ourselves will always be the first thing to go. So that that's why the completion rate, even with the best of intentions, people buy things with the best of intentions, but because there's not a human, right, with the things that you were just talking about, they will always, they will always put themselves last. They won't make time for it. I, I want your opinion on this, but I talk, I talk about this a lot is it's the community that sells. It's the community that people want to stay a part of. And I, and I coach to this a lot. If you're going to have a course cultivate a community around it and you'll have a customer for life because they're here for the community. What are your thoughts on building community, you know, around your offering or what you're doing versus just, just offering? Yes. So I love that question. And I want to point out something even that you said earlier, just one, one clarifying thing. So one of the things you said about your program was that they only have access to certain content mm -hmm. until mm -hmm. right X, Y, Z has been done. Mm -hmm. Then they can get access to other content. The problem with like your, your mastermind and, and, you know, is that it's overwhelmed. So mm -hmm. there's too much and you're either in the right place or I look at that and I go, I'm never like, so I think this leads right, right into it. It's not about the amount of, of course content you have in there. It's about, can you give the person they need in the moment that they need it the most? Totally. So it's yeah. fine if you want to leave like in a mastermind session, if you want to leave all that content, but if you want your people to do something with it, you know, when you're in these mastermind conversations and they're saying, I'm struggling with X, Y, Z, and they say, oh, here's the exact course you need from the program. Let me go get it for you. Let me link it to you. Tell me about the top three things you like from it. Just those simple little actions make your Perfect. content, right? To make your content valuable. Yep. And then I think this goes right into your point around, you know, what, what's better in this, in this instance is, oh my God, the community is like priceless, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, yes. So the community there's two things that can happen in a community. We love communities. Communities promote engagement, right? They make it possible for you to reinforce things over and over and over again. They make it possible for you to celebrate successes and so other people can see what's happening. They make it possible to get... So one of the things people love the most is like if I need something in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have a community, you might have advisors that are answering questions, but you might just have you know, fellow cohort members mm -hmm. or community members that are also asking and sharing and all those things. So yeah. the community is absolutely an essential space. Mm -hmm. 
where you can create that safe place mm -hmm. for people to see, be seen, to get support, at, have support. The thing you have to be a little bit careful with when you're developing your community, and this is what we always say, you really should have a dedicated community manager that's understanding the factors that shut people down. Mm -hmm. Comparisonitis is a real yes. problem, yep. like a real problem. Mm -hmm. And you can't, you know, when you come into a group program, like you said, you have people at all different levels. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're looking at someone that's having wild success, <laughs> right and we're celebrating the wild success but I'm so far from that and if there's nothing to celebrate from me along the way I am probably more likely to shut down and check out because now I just feel bad about myself right so I love communities but what we've noticed in in helping our clients to manage them manage them for ourselves you have to be really careful about these top five things comparing yourself to others is one of them mm. so like before we might celebrate, you know, someone that got like the biggest sale. Mm -hmm. We don't really do that anymore. Mm -hmm. We would really probably more celebrate like the increase percentage of increase from That's this smart. one to that one. Yeah. Right. So, so it's not about how, how much money someone else, it's really about where was your baseline and how mm -hmm. are you getting yourself above baseline? Mm -hmm. And when you talk in those terms, it's an even playing field for everybody. I love that. And that's, I mean, that's good advice for everybody who's running yes. programs that's listening to this. Susan, this has been such a good conversation. I, I know that it so you much. guys are taking some really good notes on this. I know we're wrapping up on the hour. Where can folks come find you, connect with you and all the things? Yes. So I'm really active on LinkedIn. So if you're yep. on LinkedIn, it's it's my name, Susan Gaddy. Uh -huh. um, come, come find me on LinkedIn. That's probably my predominant space. Mm -hmm. You know, my website is mxidconsulting.com. Either one of those places, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. I, I, I'd love to do that. We're just getting our first Facebook group really off the ground. So it is for founders and CEOs with successful training programs. So, you know, if you are on the journey to creating a training program, or you already have one and you're looking to elevate results, this is a great community. We have a lot of real conversations just like this. Like, you know, what are the things that you thought were going to work and didn't? And I spent this money and this didn't happen. And what am I facing and experiencing? We do, you know, a lot of that. And then coming soon is the Disruptive Spark fleet of content. So we don't have the website or anything else out there yet, but right now it sort of operates under your signature training program. So if you want to create your signature training program, and then the up level to that will be to, you know, accelerate the results of your signature training program that is coming for us, like in, in real time. So that is those, amazing. Those are the best places to connect yeah. with me and tell me about your programs. I love to hear what people are working on. They're so fat. Like I, I have to say, like, I feel like I, I have like the best job in the world because I am surrounded by extremely intelligent people that are doing amazing things that are solving crazy problems are making gigantic impact in the world. And I get to learn all about it. 
It's yeah. like so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. So awesome. Uh-huh. Well, so you guys, I know you guys have enjoyed this episode. What if you are listening to it and it's recorded, you're listening to the recording later, it'll all be in the show notes. Those of you who are blessed enough to see us run through this live, <laughs> like this is the life of running a podcast with kids running in the back and all the good things. But Susan, so much fun. Thank you so much for sharing with so us. So much fun. Yeah. Um, I appreciate and you having I'm me sure on. we're going to have people following you up. I've actually got an attorney in my program who's launching something right now. And if she's listening, I know she's going to be coming to to connect with you. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you. A lot of these guys will see you on LinkedIn for sure. Yes. Yes. I would love that. I would love to, I would love to connect with your, your audience there as well and support in any way I can. Thanks everyone. Have an amazing day. Thanks for listening to the Burnout to All Out podcast. For free resources, materials, or information on my coaching services, go ahead over to livethefreelife.co. That's livethefreelife.co. Or check out our Facebook community at Burnout to All Out. And make sure you follow Burnout to All Out on Spotify and subscribe to iTunes. And it would truly mean the world to me if you paused for just a second gave me that five-star review of the show and be sure to share this episode with any burnouts you think would be inspired to go all out after hearing this episode.